Yeah, Clay's on fire. Maybe there will be some blood on the court tonight. Whoa, there will be. Let's see what there happens. There will be blood. Speaking of blood, Daniel, welcome Clay. everyone. <laughs> Runs out there with a bowling, <laughs> bowling pin. <laughs> we just finished watching... 2007, <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson directed film. There you go. There will be blood. Mm. Um, it was long, <laughs> but it was great, and it was dark, but it was funny. Yep. Very interesting visually. Um, the story is really intriguing to me anyway, but anyway, let's just go around. Mm -hmm. Um, Jared, initial thoughts. Oh, hello guys. I'm Jared Klavestein. I'm a film snob. I've always been a film snob. I'm always going to be a film snob. Yeah, we know who you are. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I've seen this movie a few times. I remember watching it the year it came out. It was like that. I was probably, I don't know, maybe a freshman in high school. It was right when I started yeah. getting to the Oscars and stuff. So wow, I remember it was cute. like this and No Country for Old Men that year. So I watched No Country for Old Men with <laughs> my mom because she with your mom. heard it wow. won Best Picture. So that was a <laughs> that, trip. That was interesting. Yeah. And then uh, watched oh, this with God. my brother and my friend Cole because we saw the cover and we liked the title. <laughs> We're like, that ought to be good. So I think it's probably one of those movies in, made in the last 20 years that is generally agreed upon as a bona fide classic. It's pretty young, but it's already reached classic status. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis is just an all-timer, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, PTA finally becomes who he is on this film, in my opinion, as a director. Um, and yeah, it's a, great, it's a great story of searching for intimacy and belonging and not finding it and therefore becoming very bitter. And killing people. So that's it. That's my review. <laughs> Eric? We'll wrap it up there. Uh, nothing more to say. Um, Jeez. Thoughts. Um, well, first time I watched this um, was also probably when it came out. I remember watching it in my uh, parents' basement. And you remember watching it? I remember watching half of it. Yeah. And now I know why I woke up at the credits. <laughs> Because of the way it ended. Yeah, that was... Because it's, like, very quiet, and then it ends with this, like, really loud song, so... In the credits, so... Uh, yeah, no, I felt... I Wait, so you slept through the whole ending? Like, you didn't wake up for the ending? I slept... I didn't even... I wasn't awake when his son was an adult. Wow. I slept through a big chunk yeah, of that movie. Yeah, you did. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that... And then I never rewatched it. Um... And gave it three stars. It was a pretty bad experience, but uh, but I don't know. Seeing it, you know, this many years afterwards, I think it was definitely a lot better. Um, I have a lot more appreciation for um, our man on the soundtrack, Green. Johnny Greenwood. Green, Green, Johnny Very good Green, soundtrack. Green track. Very good score. Um, yeah, definitely a better rewatch in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, that's my. I mean, yeah, it was a ride. Cool. <laughs> thanks, Eric. I don't have many other thoughts. Hey, Eric, thanks that. for that, Ricky Eric. Wickham. Hi, everybody. Hi, oh. Ricky Wicks. My throat. I'm sorry. Um, Get that frog out of there. Yeah. I love this movie. I think it's like a five out of five masterpiece for sure. Dope. Um, yeah, you just mentioned Johnny Greenwood's score, and mm. I think this is 
like in contention for me for best score of all time whoa that's what, high what, praise what else is in contention for it um i'd have to like pull a list out but oh, okay. there's probably like you know a good five or ten up there but okay. it's it's in the running for sure i think it's something special um that you don't see very often um no, this is Better than the score of this game right now because Boston is the lead. You know what I'm saying? Wow, that was a terrible, <laughs> uh, um, terrible thing. So, anyways, I think it actually like, truly elevates the film for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. But outside yeah. of that, I think again, it's just a movie that's like perfect in pretty much every way. Like the like um, the acting is just like master class level from yeah. Daniel Day Lewis and um, I'm forgetting his name, but. Paul Dano, thank you. Paul Dano. Um, and everyone else. And I think the camera work and everything kind of like stays out of the way, but it still like does a perfect job of doing what it needs to do. Um, I think it's one that I, I would say this movie, I just like feel it more than anything. It's like less of like an intellectual exercise and just something, mm. I, a yeah. ride that I go on and mm. I love it. So sure. Yeah. Cool. Agreed. And we have a special guest with Whoa, us this week. Oh, that's special? huge. No special. <laughs> I don't know if it's special. But. You've you've no, you've met him before. He's been on here a few times now. Andrew Harding, your thoughts? What's up, Paul? I'm back again. It's that time of the month. Oh, <laughs> you see that buzzer beater back? Gross. Gross. A month since I've been on. Um, <laughs> we get that my first sensor time. beep ready. Yeah, there, there you go. What did you? This is my first time watching There Will Be Blood. I agree with Ricky. Score is really impressive. Uh, a lot of shots that would stay with me. Visually stunning. It was very long, but I wouldn't say I was bored. I was very intrigued. And I would say, Ricky, there's a lot of things to ponder. May not be an intellectual film, but no, a lot of I just mean like it, it like what makes it a masterpiece for me is like it's the, not the plot. Yeah. It's not it, like those things are all also ten out of ten sure, pretty sure, sure. much. But it's like that that I just No, but a lot of things about corruption. I think corruption of the soul, really. That's my teaser for later. Oh yeah, good stuff, dude. That's Andy's trailer for the <laughs> Andy's trailer. Full f- you can catch the full film on the podcast, which is next. We'll come back to that. Um, what? This is my first rewatch. First time I watched it was I think in college. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who was studying um, oil energy, activity. Oh, <laughs> energy, and so he was really interested in oil. He's like, oh, we got to watch this movie. Mm. And even then, I was like, wow, this is, especially the end, I was like, wow, this is fascinating. Um, but then to watch it this time and really be more engaged with it and appreci- to be able to appreciate it a lot more. Um, yeah, I think it's really good. It's really compelling. The characters, I think, are somehow like not new in terms of what they represent, but still so compelling and so interesting on the acting. Man, the acting was just phenomenal. So I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my boy. I've abandoned my boy. Did, you, ask, did, did your you, did your friend like see this movie and be like, "That's who I want to be"? And like, <laughs> Baron now. Drainage baby. I mean, was he drinking no. your milkshakes all the time? Or? Drainage. <laughs> no, no, no. He was definitely he was definitely more in Andy's camp of like, man, I don't want to become this guy. I don't want to be corrupted by. Um, success and money, and so he became Eli instead, right? I can't, Ethan. He became you, an you apostate. Just, you mentioned corruption. You mentioned that's what you liked about the film. 
The, I have the microphone, Andy. He's the host. You can't do that. This is my microphone. It's my episode. This is why I'm never on the pod. <laughs> Go get a straw and drink his microphone. Um, also, that's my favorite scene. <laughs> that is a good scene. Um, Jared, you mentioned that you feel like this is when uh, Paul Thomas Anderson kind of came into his own. What what elements of it do you think really? Um, I think the the filmmaking just has a ton of. Uh, confidence and swagger without trying to be trying to reach for something that it isn't doing okay um and i feel like it's just very mature filmmaking some people love his younger stuff and i think it's a young filmmaker trying to find his voice still personally Mm -hmm. and i'm and also just preferentially for me my favorite pta is the stuff he's made that's like about before he was born for some reason i think he those that's what at least i like to watch by him but like when you watch like the difference between magnolia and punch drunk love and then you get to this and this is just austere and everything is handled perfectly i Mm -hmm. think johnny greenwood's first collaboration with him makes a big difference and i think Mm -hmm. the editing is a lot more confident and not that was his first collab with him yeah. yeah fun wow. wait, wait what else did he do after this that every with him? other movie he's every done. other movie yeah whoa okay all that's right that's cool that's that's dope i like so, yeah there's quite a few elements but i feel like you can just you can just feel the difference too yeah i think that's true because i just feel like like i'm sure it is like really technical and complicated but it never feels like showy in that way yeah like it's just it just is like the right amount where it, it like you like, don't get lost in it but like if you kind of like look for the like technical stuff you're like oh man like this like in one camera movement like conveyed like 18 different things yeah and, like that was just where it should have been and i think my understanding of him is he also kind of just like finds it on set for a lot of that stuff and Mm -hmm. they they make it work yeah he's the kind of guy that like the experience of directing over and over again he's always like been legit but like he reached another master level with this one yeah i think yeah yeah i think the Mm. composition of the scenes are so well done kind of like what you were saying ricky the way the camera kind of starts in one spot and it'll move without cutting Mm -hmm. and it's essentially a different it feels like a different shot because of where it stays, where it stops, mm. which I really appreciate yeah. that. And it'll hold on like a face and like won't like do the back and forth like over and over again. Uh-huh. And then when he uh-huh. does cut to someone, it has like a lot more like power, I think. Yeah, the cuts are really significant. Lighting was really interesting. Yeah. Lighting's great. Like the night scenes where they were like completely lit up in some scenes where it was like, a part of my brain was like, where's this light coming from? And then I was like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> well, no, be- no, it was like way more light than a fire would give. So it was just, but then I was just like, I don't care. Um, but I don't know if that detracts. I don't know. Did it detract for anyone else? The lighting? No. Yeah, it was like, I don't think so. It was like at night. Not and then there me, were, anyway. Especially like after he, um, well, we're in spoilers, right? Yeah, spoiler territory. Right. Look alive. So <laughs> look alive, everybody. Look alive. <laughs> look alive. I'm about to kill your brother. <laughs> uh, no, that was the main character. After he did that, uh, and he was just like sitting in the dirt. He was like, it was like a floodlight was on him, and I was just like, where's oh, no. light coming I mean, from? I mean, the sunrise. It was a sunrise. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I mean, if you were like, digging a grave all night with a pickaxe, so I don't know. It take like you. It take me a while. No, I love the lighting. Hate the there lights. Were, Eric hates the lights. Everybody. There were just a few things where Eric, I was just like, Eric likes to swim in darkness. Eric <laughs> preferred this movie would be called. <laughs> so there does won't, this movie. There won't be lights. 
<laughs> That'd be Eric's preferred title for Turn off movie. the lights. Uh, but I, I mean, especially on film, I think most film movies are going to have some like not realistic quote unquote because they have night because you're going to literally just have a black screen right exactly so. right okay so so this was filmed on what did you say on film this was on film yeah I okay. mean look at it I'm yeah I, uh, sorry PTA, PTA is like cool. big, <laughs> he's like a big film guy so like like he just like thinks that's like a really important part of the process and kind of the like black box uh, there's a boogeyman in the wall yeah <laughs> what the actual <laughs> was that <laughs> <laughs> that noise um, that was really terrifying well, and he goes to investigate the boogeyman in was that wall. water that sounded like water well, someone's probably <laughs> cooking upstairs and no stuff. that sounded like I've never heard that bubbling, bubbling water dude here. caleb dissolved and he's a part of the the house now <laughs> Andy, maybe well i was out in the kiddie here? pool before the start of this podcast in the kiddie pool Oh, that's cool. Oh, that, oh, that's that not. That makes sense. No, that makes sense. That's not what that sounded like. <laughs> it was just terrifying. That's double dope, dude. Anyway, sorry. I was just saying, I think Paul Dennis Anderson someone, like, like you said, he, like he's kind of like a little free of like finding the shots maybe a bit on set. He might have an idea, but he like finds on set. Same deal like with film. It's kind of like you don't know quite what you're going to get yeah. going into it, but like there's just magic things happen in the process when yeah. you just like let it work and you don't try to like be perfectly precise in every single little detail mm -hmm. but i i think you're i mean I, I probably disagree with you i think his use of light is really good um and i like like whenever we see um eli giving like a sermon in essentially a dark church yeah but then the remodel and even that there's that scene where it's like it zooms in on Dan daniel with like his thing his like what do you call it surveying tool yeah surveying tool like telescope thing telescope. and then you see <laughs> and then it cuts to a scene of, of eli kind of standing rehearsing as the church is being built behind him yeah but he's in the shadows right you know and it's zooming out mm. i think that's a great use of light excellent so you're wrong point. excellent Eric, point the light the light is great so well i'm a sinner okay are you a sinner wait say it louder wait no one can hear you've you. abandoned your child you can't hear you in the back <laughs> Imagine a congregation. You abandoned your boy. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? He's like, I don't feel power. Right? Yeah, so I'm curious. <laughs> where would I don't this? Feel the Lord hit me again. I don't feel the Lord, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel it enough. Oh, I feel it now. I feel it now. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you haven't watched the film, that means probably nothing to you nothing to you if you watch it it's gonna make this episode a lot better <laughs> also if you actually watch this the discussion movie about lighting probably wouldn't have meant anything to you either. well if you've been baptized by the holy spirit <laughs> what what is it ricky no, no. i'll say it's a very no. quoted movie i feel like though yes because it's got some it's got quotable man it's got some classic quotes man Eight. so where would, where would this rank on on your um list of daniel day lewis performances <sighs> I mean, that's my favorite. I think everything okay. he does is great, but I just love it. It's great. It's top three. Uh, well, I know it's top three. I love Phantom Thread, and yeah. I love his performance in The Age of Innocence, Ooh. underrated Scorsese picture from the 90s. Mm. Is that the one with Winona? Feet? It's pronounced Scorsese. Uh, no, that's my left foot. <laughs> what? It's pronounced Scorsese-goo. Oh, yeah, sorry. Scorsese-goo. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lincoln. I, okay, top four. Lincoln obviously is great, but this is probably number one or two because Phantom Thread and this are just yeah, bonkers level performances. Yeah, they are so good. He's one of the all timers. Bonkers. Yeah, it's like him and Joaquin. What about kind the of other the PTA? Yeah. <laughs> what about Joaquin? Yeah, I thought 
Daniel Day's performance was just like, man, he just has this way of completely like being the character. Mm. Like where it's like, he's so famous, you know, like he's so well known for being like a good actor. Yeah. So I, you, you think it'd be like easier to be like, oh yeah, he can tell that he's just a good actor. But he yeah. just gives it his all every time. He gives. Uh, no, God. Sorry, I was. I'm. You say what you're saying. I was like, gonna be a slight aside. Oh, I was. I was just gonna say like, the the most the most the scene that like exemplifies that the most for me is when they're rolling in the mud. <clears throat> it's and so like, good. and you're seeing him like put his hands on Paul's face, like Paul the actor, not Paul the character. Paul and um, and and just like shove his head into the mud and like paul is like spitting mud in his face like actually spitting mud in his face and he's like oh and you could just tell they're like going big on this scene like they're Mm -hmm. just chewing it up and you could tell like they had very probably little direction for that little bit right it's probably like roll in the mud hate each other you know wrestle put your hands on them or something but it was just like they were going they were making big decisions Mm -hmm. in that and i was like shoot it almost like as an actor i'd be like daniel's roughing me up right now oh yeah (laughs) oh he 100 percent. like he was (laughs) you got to dude i was like so for so for the listener what eric's talking about there is there's a scene this is um soon after there's an explosion at the well and it catches fire and um his his son daniel's son is loses his hearing and it's kind of chaotic and then eli comes over demanding his money and they just daniel just tackles him to the ground they start wrestling and he pushes him in the mud and it's <laughs> it's really humiliating for eli really humiliating um, wow. but but it was such a good scene Ricky, do you have a thought before? Uh, I was just going to say, my understanding is also um, PCA wrote this movie basically with um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, he like involved him very early in the writing process, and mm. they were, like, going back and forth. And he played a very big role in, like, designing Daniel Plainview as the character. Yeah, that's what they did with Phantom Thread, too. Yeah, mm. and I think that was maybe a key part that's of how cool. he shifted, how he worked a bit. Um, is he, like, mm. he, like, I think like pta would say he was a writer of like on the film like he would wow. give him like wow. credit wow um, that's cool major I think collab he get, like and he had like mo- like I, I don't know exactly i think like two years to like prepare for this role and that's like all he did it was like he read like over 100 books about the time period and like crafting his Jeez. character holy smokes wow really that's impressive i'm going to be an oil man i mean you can tell <laughs> i mean you can tell when an actor puts in that much effort into a role and he just yeah. You just believe it at every turn. Yeah. Like his limp? His limp, yeah. Yeah. The limp I, that never went away. I, I was noticing that, yeah. I love that first sequence where there's really no dialogue. He's the only one on screen. No dialogue. And he's just kind of in this well digging, planting a dynamite and, and, <laughs> like on and then his he falls. Own. On his own, Breaks yeah. his leg. <laughs> he falls halfway down that well and that well so was what, what, very what, deep what do you think we yeah i'm just curious what you guys from that opening sequence what do we gather in those few minutes i think the opening is like brilliant i think it's like one of my favorite parts because yeah it's like no dialogue there's no exposition but i think it kind of tells like sets up daniel plainview as a character perfectly while also creating like a very tense experience and like there's suspense there you're uneasy the score is just slapping away oh for you uh, it's a a new space and like just the mine shaft and it's claustrophobic and like just his like total 
obsession, I guess, with like his work as he's grinding away at the gold and like he gets a mission that broke his leg and he just crawls his way like desperately back to go cash in his gold and then go <laughs> right. make the next step and like <laughs> right. I don't know, I just think it like kinda sets him up perfectly. You kinda you get the gist of who this man is and like what his mm-hmm. objective is, what he's trying to do in life. Yeah. And and just how far he would go. Like the fact that like you didn't see him drag his ass all the way to that mining camp, but he did. And I think it was just so hilarious. Like one scene is him on his back sliding across the rocks. The next scene is like or then it pans up to like the desert. And then the next scene, he's on the ground in the mining camp in the same position, <laughs> cashing in his gold. And I was like, dude, this guy, his determination and like he, he's just going to get it done. And it sets. Yeah, it sets that pace for what kind of a gu- what kind of a man is this man? I think um, the underappreciated part of the opening is his minor interactions with H.W. Because mm-hmm. it looks like H.W., it, from what I gather, at least, is like. His dad's probably the one who died in the mine mm-hmm. when or right. in the oil thing. Right. Um, and so you think right away, like, maybe Daniel Plainview's, like, adopting this kid because he feels guilty for that guy. But sure. then, like, you see him on the train and just, like, letting the kid, like, play with his face and, mm-hmm. like, shirt. being kind of tender with him. And then you realize, oh, okay, this guy's actually, like, legitimately loves his child and kind of wants to have a family and wants a relationship that he probably didn't have what i think was brilliant that because i think there's like nuance to that right where there's like it's Mm. like that obsession is pulling him away from that but i think that relationship also is real but then like even that scene and then you have him giving his like kind of phony like made-up speech about him being a family man on top of it but yeah like but there's truth to it too and there's like yeah it's that nuance in that where like yeah, I just I think it's like it's complicated and it is. I, I love that. Yeah, and that's why I love Daniel's performance. Is it's not, it's, it doesn't lean too much either way. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not super certain where he actually stands with this kid, especially once he's old enough to be part of like being there when he's making deals and mm-hmm. part of the the narrative that he's creating for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, so there's a moment where out of nowhere, this, um, guy comes out, um, shows up at the ranch saying that he's his half brother. Um, yep. which is really interesting, but I, I thought it was funny that HW, um, so he, he at this point he's, he can't hear, but he sees that he sees this guy show up and he try, starts, he want, he st- wants to light him on fire. Like like setting a trail of fuel to yeah. to his bed and to try to like burn him up or something. Yeah, yeah. What what do you think is going through HW's mind in that moment? <laughs> I mean he he figured out who this guy was, right? That he fi- was my initial thought, but because I think, of the diary, but I he think the diary would give him away. I think I, I wonder if it's actually him seeing like he might have another piece of family and he might like abandon me, which he kind of does after that. Yeah, but that's because mm. the fire thing. That, I think that's what but, I think it is. I think he feels replaced. He was like mm. his dad was treating him as his business partner. He was involving him in everything, and then the kid goes deaf, and he just like sends him away and's like. I don't know what to do with you anymore. And and so he sees this other guy is like, yeah, you're a threat to what I had here, not only as a business partner, but as like the most intimate relationship that I've had in my life up mm-hmm. to this point, the most important, the most formative. And all of a sudden it's just, 
I'm being replaced by this fake brother, which sucks. See, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think the kid found out and he was protecting his dad by burning this traitor. And then, and then Daniel kills this guy, finds the burnt up diary and starts crying. And I think he realizes that his son was trying to protect him. Maybe, but I don't. That, I don't, that I was see, how I read that well, scene. Well, I don't see how the son could know that From the diary, diary wasn't his. Yeah, you know the, what I the mean. The only the only reason I don't even believe my own theory is because <laughs> he never like appreciates his son after that. Yeah, like it, he he, he never mean, is just like yeah he never like I don't know he it's never more goes, of, it's more of a self pitying cry because I, I, mm. I, I also think like that diary was real so like he right. had a brother it seems yeah. Mm, yeah maybe maybe he maybe he he's saddened by the fact that he killed this guy who was trying to pretend to be his brother but the brother was real and the whole thing is just so emotional and he's, he's alone like again yeah. now even yeah more so and that was like fake so i'm sure that hurts to an even deeper level i don't know and the and the whole the whole charade caused him to throw his son away and maybe he resents this whole thing coming to a bloody end and just like what the hell is that all for side note when i was watching this with my brother and my friend when we were in high school and the guy this guy who hw tries to burn who introduced when he introduces himself he goes i'm your brother yeah from another mother we thought that was the funniest thing in the world we're like they're like in the early 1900s they're using brother from another mother right yeah we thought that was no, so funny. Brother no, funny. from another mother. Brother from another mother. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, that, that was that was an interesting. Yeah, I guess we didn't just experiential side. Note. I guess we didn't say, but um, after uh, Daniel uh, H.W.'s uh, attempt to kill this guy by burning him alive, uh, Daniel sends him to a school that'll help him with his deafness and learn sign language and all that other stuff. And the kid obviously resents his decision. Um, after he kills the traitor, uh, he brings his boy back and his boy like slaps and punches him and obviously has some pent up trauma from that experience. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, why did you abandon me? Yeah. There's no better word for it. Really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's rough. Abandon um, my child. Abandon my boy. <laughs> the other kind of, of course, a huge relationship in the film is between Daniel and Eli, mm-hmm. and kind of each of their own that's quest good. for power and how it kind of goes. Mm-hmm. So there's just this so much natural, dramatic conflict confrontation between those two. Can it be argued that they both want a similar thing? Oh, 100%. they are. They are total parallels. They yeah, they power. all want. They both want the most power but but daniel resents how incredibly showy well i think they represent two different kinds of ways to get power oh yeah i don't even think that i think they money and religion i think they they hate each other because they see each other so clearly right and they're seeing themselves and they're all the parts they don't like about themselves like there are a couple um specific parallels like each of them humiliating each other by making them shout yeah. something that <laughs> yeah, 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 they yeah. don't think that they don't portray that they believe it, but right. down deep, they probably do believe that the abandon mm. my child thing versus the Eli saying, God is a superstition. I am a false prophet. I'm a false right. prophet. It's yeah. like, they're both things that <clears throat> like the false prophet. They're both things that are 
and the I've abandoned my child. They're true about those men who are in denial of their own imperfections and then making them declare it out loud makes them yeah, Daniel, feel their own phoniness. That's Daniel knew it. I, like when he was saying it in the church, you could tell like oh, yeah. it, something clicked in his head where he was just like. Because all the other stuff, he's so yikes, sarcastic. I did abandon my boy. I did abandon my child. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it's humiliating and they didn't like being humiliated by each other. No. Right. And they're very res- resentful people. Yeah. They're really, really terrible. <laughs> but I really, I also thought Paul Dano did such a good job playing that kind of, you know, eccentric pre, but like preacher oh, yeah. and you just hate him. When he throws, oh, the, yeah. ar- when he throws the arthritis demon out of the Oh yeah, church. that was so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> like, whoa, dude, your voice just did something there. <laughs> arthritis demons, man. I, I Gotta know, look out. So Gotta watch out, yo. I, I also appreciate like, it's slow, a really slow like you can see it through the acting and like i don't know i guess the camera stuff but it's like i i feel like the drama and the like tension building isn't overplayed especially in the beginning mm-hmm. but you can like see it's there right and I, I don't know i just think it like leaves room for then like as it continues to build those like mud slinging moments and the church moment like those mm-hmm. like hit more just because it's like not so in your face with like melodrama mm-hmm. the like truly dramatic moments the first scene didn't have tension, you don't think? No, it definitely has tension. They all have tension. Oh. I'm just saying it's not like, I don't know, I guess like a lot of other movies would like really play up even the very first interaction they had in a different way than yeah. th- they do it. I think, <laughs> again, the camera's like doing that in a way, but it's not, I don't know, just not as like in your face. You can just see it's yeah. like the yeah. subtleties of the PTA's acting. like, I mean, hey, that we got to time me here. is probably one of the best scenes, the conversation at the dinner table Yes, in like man i don't even know in terms of the way it looks the way it's composed but what it represents i mean we basically get the 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 two rivals and what they're after kind of in that scene Mm -hmm. Uh, and i love the the kind of the wide shot and then where where daniel thinks that the dad is running the show Mm -hmm. he's focusing all the tension there and then once he once eli starts interjecting the camera shifts once to come closer to the table Mm-hmm. And then once Daniel realizes who really has the power in this family, it's a close-up of his face looking at Eli. Yeah. And he's like, money for what? And then it cuts to Eli, my church. And it's like, mm. there you have it. Mm. You have the whole movie in that one sh- scene at the dinner table. And I Power just, dynamic. I just, that's my favorite shot, favorite scene. I know we do that at the end, but I feel like we just got to talk about that because it was so mm. well done. Yeah. Mm. That's great. And they're both, yeah, they're both very good at using, they like, don't like each other because they know what each other's after, Right. but they both use each other to get what they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting, like. Very transactional. It's very transactional and. But they both like hate that they have to do it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Especially at the end. They're like both. Eli shows up again at the house. Like exploited, exploiting and being exploited at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a vicious I'll get baptized to get whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what he does. I I wouldn't wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that, guys. Right. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Good good clarification, Eric. Good save. Thanks. Good save. Appreciate it. Um, So, yeah, I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts are. Well, I don't know where Andy went, but he was here and he talked about his trailer was (laughs) talking about corruption and Mm. that kind of thing. So, I'm curious what, what themes do you think the director's trying to say something on here mm. Mm. Hmm. 
gain, corruption, you know, exploitation, wanting money, greed, power. Ooh, hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think there's like, because I know this stems from, it's like a loose adaptation of oil by Upton Sinclair. So, mm, right. Um, following like an oil baron, which like pretty much all oil barons were just awful people that were like obsessed with money and would destroy anyone in their path. And so I think we get a very intimate maybe depiction of a character like that. Um, and I think total obsession with money or status, I think, which I think for him isn't just to have it. And I think you see the emptiness as it goes through the mm-hmm. film. But it's like that fire monologue with his fake brother, I think, kind of he plays his hand, I guess. or is Sure. Like, definitely. I hate everybody and I want to like yada yada. But. Again, there's like more nuance to it because he's the, of the sun thing, and I think there's some truth to that relationship. So I don't know. It's like him just descending deeper and deeper into the, the corruption as he chooses right. to go after the like success and ego over like relationships or love one but he's going he's he's going after that to fill a longing in his soul that he thinks hopefully that can fill it Mm -hmm. um of yeah belonging having a family um it's interesting i thought this time around there's that conversation he has with or he hears about the one daughter who gets hit if she doesn't pray Mm -hmm. and so he says loudly with her dad nearby better not be hit anymore and i'm like with everything else about his character that doesn't seem to be something he would necessarily care about and it makes you wonder is this what happened to him as a child Mm -hmm. so it's cutting deeply when he hears about that so he's trying to protect another child from doing that and so now he's thinking i just have to get rich and powerful so that no one can hit me ever again and you know know. something like that he likes putting people in their place right yeah yeah but and that was like and then he just like starts eating his plate and just looks over at him and he's like one foot away from him was like yeah Yeah. he clearly heard that conversation it's a power but i think i think that like the like his compassion for the little girl is like really genuine it is Uh, yeah like like, in the church scene after he got baptized just like i don't know yeah throughout the whole yeah yeah like and the one he's like i want to pray over the the well and then he like brings her up blesses her instead and yeah i don't know it's just yep again i think there's like nuance to the man but i think they're probably not mutually exclusive but sorry go ahead i think yeah they're not mutually exclusive is he's either compassionate or he's trying to put him in his place i think it's but definitely both Hmm. because he i think he's like oh i get i get to kill two birds with one stone here for sure i could comfort her in secret but i might do it in front of her dad just so he can see but he only does it with people who stand in the way of getting what he wants and are weak right not necessarily weak he, he knows the dad is weak yeah, yeah but the rich weak. the rich oil guy is not weak that he tried to put mm. in his place mm. and that wasn't even a successful putting in its place anyway no. he just kind right. of embarrassed himself yeah, that's true. yeah, yeah. that was really it's true awkward so it's more of a like anyone who's like <laughs> right just like with the son at the end you're becoming my competitor so it's once anyone has anything on him right like anyone once anyone mentions the sun thing he gets like super offended and defensive because it's mm-hmm. like a blight on his record of, right. of of his of being a man or being successful right. or whatever mm. and that's the one thing he wants mm-hmm. he wants a f- successful family and he wants it to look like it's a good thing yeah you know so like his whole bit about even the whole ruse like we're going quail hunting on this land and 
like he did he doesn't want to come off like he was intentionally trying to take this land you know he just he wants success but he wants to look good doing it as well i thought it was yeah that was a really interesting but dynamic he wants but one of, i was just say one of the most uncomfortable scenes in the movie i think is that beach scene like i don't know fully why but that that scene just makes me uncomfortable the whole time the yeah no the best way possible um with, yeah like, no no talk about the house that he wants and the kids running in it there too so I yeah that, that explain that yeah i don't know what you mean by that like it being uncomfortable? Yeah, because I didn't get I didn't yeah, get what that part myself. specifically. Is I'm, I'm curious about when that. he's talking to like his brother, like, and he's like has his head down, and it's just it's just weird and like uneasy <laughs> and like upsetting. And there's like the long shot of him kind of figuring out what's going on, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, the water. Everything about the water, like it's just I can't just I can't give you an exact reason. I'm just un- very I think, uncomfortable I think in a good way the whole time. I think Daniel Plainview feels very uncomfortable because it's the first time in the movie we see him like honestly opening up about yes. his desires i was gonna like say. almost in a vulnerable way because he thinks it's his brother and then so he's like he's feeling very uncomfortable yeah. just even saying that and then when he realizes after that it's not even his brother then he feels like uh, yep. what mm-hmm. was i even thinking protect myself at all costs i just yeah. yep did something that's i opened my heart and now it's hurt mm-hmm. yeah yeah there were two moments there was one by the fire where i was like oh this is the first time I think we see him being vulnerable and actually opening up. And then, yeah, by the beach, he does it as well. And then, yeah, you see like that look on his face where he's just like, oh, this was a bad idea. Never should have done this. Don't open up as a man. I'm just kidding. And then That's him not the being drunk and asking for money in the next scene also just one of the most uncomfortable things. In the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, let's give this man his last hurrah. Yeah, and I think you see how that, we don't get to see it exactly, but we get to kind of feel it through the exchange between old, older HW and Daniel at the end, where it's like, it just seems that the relationship was fraught with disagreements and they didn't see eye to eye. And I just can't help but wonder if it's because Daniel never really let him in. Yeah, probably. Especially since he's not his like true son, you know? Yeah. Because he says it at the end, you're not me. Like, there's nothing about you in me, about me in you. Yeah, maybe after you know? that interaction with the person who said he was his family and turned out not to be. That was, was the that was the final turn. That was the catalyst. Yeah. The final like, turn to bitterness. That was like, not even my son is my son. So I'm gonna shut him out. Also, like he's yeah. he's not a part and of my I, family. I don't think he was a killer up until that point either. Like, so then that's like a key. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, well, you were just saying like, like when like he the takes out turn. the fake brother. Yeah, like that was yeah. the final turn, oh. and like he'd like. I don't know. He might have been. You think so? It's hard to know. Sure. <laughs> he definitely didn't care enough. I mean, he about was definitely capable man. of it, and before that, I think. Potentially. Well, he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. What evidence do you have, dude? Uh, yeah, you're right. Actually, I agree. He dropped that metal pipe on the dude's head on purpose and <laughs> snuck in there. And I mean, he definitely did. Yeah, it's a movie about a serial killer named Daniel Plainview, and he's got a lot of similarities to the Zodiac guy. He was the Zodiac. Oh, Andrew Wiggins with the monster dunk. Second time on the pod, we got a monster Andrew Wiggins dunk. <laughs> Near the end Let's of the go game. Golden State. Yeah, um, they're taking this 3-5. I, I mentioned it earlier, it'd be in my favorite shot, but I'm curious, uh, the, the dinner scene there, at the be- uh, kind of where we meet Eli, but um, I'm curious to hear what your guys' favorite shot is. Oh, I think I have mine, I think. Oh, good. Good, Eric. If you got that, you said to go. 
<laughs> no, I want Ricky to go because I, I think he has it. But no, I, I don't. I don't know if I can pick a favorite. One that stuck out to me just this viewing though was, um, it's the second time he's giving his like I'm a family man oil baron speech mm, yeah. and it like he's like speaking about like putting schools in and yeah. doing all these other things right. but the image isn't even him giving the speech it's literally like them setting up camp and digging for oil mm-hmm. and i don't know it's just kind of like seeing like where his mind's traveling in that speech or like what the focus is and it he's saying one thing but like the focus is this other thing i think i, I don't know i just found that like really interesting it actually reminded me a lot of like certain politicians and then with mm. Eli in it, certain yep. uh, religious leaders doing the exact thing. And Here's what I can give Lining you. up with these politicians and anyways. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. was like, it's actually kind of prescient. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of being like, I have things that you need and I can give them for you. Promising them. And, and here's what you can yeah. give me. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite shot, I, I usually pick a favorite shot for its beauty. Um, so I'll stick on trend and say that when the oil men are coming into town on the railroad. Yeah, they're beautiful. God, they're so beautiful. <laughs> they're already glistening with oil. <laughs> Jared is unfaced. Um, anyway, what, what about that scene is beautiful to you? No, no, no. They, remember, remember they came. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm, I'm still waiting for you. Sorry, to I was just thinking they, about the beauty. Sorry, I was lost in the beauty. <laughs> Sorry, God, I got lost in the beauty. Um, no, they came off the train and it was like that purple, pink, orange sunrise. Who knows purple, pink skies, Taylor Swift, Invisible String. Wow. And um, yeah, just like the, the the old railway was behind them and they were all getting like, they're all kind of like filing off the train and, and it was just like this beautiful, beautiful shot that I almost wonder uh, if they like got that sunrise or if it was not real, but if they got that sunrise, that was... It was all perfect. It was all green screen. <laughs> so yeah, but you just copied my shot, you jerk. Did you say that one already? Yeah, I didn't think no, so, Ricky. Didn't. Oh, I I, that's the same one. My shot won't be copied because I'm a copywriter. Um, <laughs> wow. <clears throat> there okay. are moments in the cinemas that you remember for all of time, <laughs> and there are lines in the cinemas that you remember for all of times. <laughs> I'm going to guess your shot. And, you know, you can praise a performance, you can praise the writing, but you still have to capture that brilliance of that acting with the right lighting at the right angle, um, with the right background, and Daniel Plainview shouting at the top of his lungs, I've abandoned my child, I've abandoned my boy, Mm -hmm. is peak filmmaking. You don't even have to have a lot of fancy around it. You just have to have mm-hmm. the camera on Daniel Day-Lewis's peak acting on a scene that's portraying a man trying to be sarcastic, but his soul's coming out anyway. It's just, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's not the what best. I, that's truly iconic. It's, one, it's iconic, it yeah. Not what I thought you were going to say. What did you think I was going to say? Uh, when they're standing in front of the oil fire. And I mean, like, that's also iconic. And he's saying like, why are you? Iconic. What are you? What are you moping about? I'm standing on an ocean of oil, and I'm the only man That's who can so get to good. it. And it's just like God. That like, who, who that, cares that this is up in flames? This means that we're going to be rich, so we're going to be like, good. And just that it's like, like, not good. And just that scene alone is just like again. I'm like, was that like a real thing? Probably not. Maybe I don't. Oh, such Wait, a good shot. Are you saying real is in the fire? The the actual yeah, fire. That's real. All of it, like I don't. I, there might be no, some that's real. tiny bits of CG, but like most no, of this is all practical. No, I didn't think there was like a ton of. C- I'm just 
Like Th- that shot in particular, I was like, this could be faked, but fire is particularly tricky to, to make look real. And that looked very, Texas, very real. Them silhouetted against that too. Oh, so, yeah, that is God. Really sweet. And, the, uh, and the sun going down, I think it was sunset at that point. And, and it was like getting darker. And so the fire was getting more vibrant. And, oh man. Oh. My, my favorite less iconic shot is when he's just they're both covered in oil and he's trying to hold H, like almost spooning him like, right. like oh, yeah, holding yeah, him yeah. he's like trying to hum and hear yeah oh that was so yeah. tragic that's like such like, I think that's like such a brilliant way to convey that moment instead of like uh, the million other ways I feel like you'd see that and it like conveyed. portrays the relationship too how Plainview's trying to hold him but he's also like holding him back by holding him too tightly yeah sure yeah Mm. And like trying to communicate with him, but not listening to the kid. He's just trying to like mm. tell him, "What are you?" But he's not listening, or else he would know the kid can't hear him. Yeah, <laughs> right. He doesn't know how to. And of course, we have the the epic last stand. Good grief! Um, <laughs> Good grief! <laughs> at the end of the film, this ending, dude. which was nuts <laughs> to say the least. But yeah, what that's this, also, what this, also iconic. What would this be called? Yeah, the curious, last when y'all watched order, it for the yeah. first time, what? How did you think that was going to go? And then when you actually saw how it went, where like, <laughs> this is technically how, how the, do you make sense of that? This is technically the first time I've seen this scene. So. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what my initial thoughts were. Just grief. kind of being like John on the floor as a high schooler, just like yeah. what just happened. Right. I was definitely like I just did not expect a death to be happening mm. in that scene. So no. That was just kind of like oh, it went the full distance here, it's especially like, because it was playful up until. He smacked him on the head and like knocked him out. Well, and right. not, not fully. I shouldn't say playful. But it's funny. It's so funny. Right. Yeah, no, it's that's, funny. That's more it what is. I meant. Like the, yeah. the tension was a, like middle to low where for me, where it was like they were just like he was chasing him around and he was like shouting things at him. And Paul was like running away, screaming and like cowering. <laughs> and, you're, and it was just like this like silly kind of back and forth thing. And then Daniel just smacks him on the back of the head with with a a bowling bowling pin pin, and he's just out cold yeah and he looks dead on the ground and he just stands over him and then bashes his skull in three times and it's like oh my god wow and then i guess it's it's, it's who the butler the butler comes in yeah that is when i watched it this time that was the most fascinating thing to me (laughs) is that they spent so much he spent such a long shot on the butler coming down the stairs and then just saying, Mr. Plainview. I wonder if it's just because like, he wanted us in the, in the shock of coming upon a scene like that. Or right. <clears throat> and then, he, yeah, he just says, I'm I, finished. I, I do think it gives you, I guess, like a moment to like sit on what the heck you just watched and like, did that just happen? And then you kind of get the affirmation with the like very last shot. I think you get the affirmation that it happened. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you almost, yeah, for me, it's like, <clears throat> did that, act, like, did that really happen? Can the butler see that? But then when it cuts to what hit kind of his perspective, like, oh, yeah, it happened. Yeah. Man. So what do you think? What, I, what does Daniel mean when he says, I'm finished there at the end? Oh, it's multiple layers. Right. It's like, I'm done killing this guy, number one. <laughs> <laughs> I have killed this man. That's deep. I have killed him. Right? That's I've, one layer. I've Number two. The, the murder. I, as a human being, am finished. I've reached the low. I've abandoned my child. I have killed the false prophet. I'm going to jail. Um, I'm, I'm finished. I am, I, am the, I am the Esau in this relationship. Mm. I agree 
with almost all of those that you said. The one that doesn't resonate with me is when he said, I'm finished. Um, it's like, you're not from Finland, dude. You're from America. I know, right? His accent was completely I'm finished. wrong. Um, I never got the sense that he was like, I'm, I'm done with oil. I'm done with working. I'm done with all of this. Nah, I it didn't like fe- It didn't have that kind of gravity where he was just like, I'm done. Like, it didn't have an it is finished kind of like feeling where it was like i've completed my mission no not like that no that's not what it felt i mean it wasn't a a a completion as much as like a it's over what else is there yeah you know like he's no well nothing is standing in my way anymore but like what's he trying to get now he just he just makes a point that he drained all the oil from the from the other guy's tract of land you know, because that's what the the preacher wanted, right? Was now you can dig on this track that we couldn't get on before, and he's like, "Doesn't matter, I already drained it." Because then you have the beautiful milkshake illustration. Then there's also like, "I'm done with this movie." <laughs> like I finished. It, it, actually, it wasn't in the script, and he just said that because he was done with his take. And they left <laughs> yeah, they, they were like on him for like another two I'm minutes finished. of him just sitting there, and then he looked over. I'm finished. I'm finished. Um, well, he took a shower. It kind of it kind of brings me back to get all to the that, fake blood off. Um, that interaction that he had oh, with uh, Standard, where it was wow. like, "What would you do with all this money?" He's like, "I don't know. What will I do? Shoot stuff." No, I'm Dang. asking you, what will I do? Like, what would I do with it with, with my time oh, with my right, money? Yeah. And I don't think he even knows. Right. And it explains why his house is this giant monstrosity of a thing that has, has a, bowling a bowling alley and he's just sleeping in the bowling. He doesn't know what the hell to do with his money. And he's just like, he's just he's living al- his life. Because he's an alcoholic. Yeah. I don't think he has purpose. I think at one point he did, he kind of was talking about wanting purpose with his fake brother. Yeah. And and wanting to like do stuff with a family or whatever, but we never saw him with with women ever, mm. uh, which Facts. was really interesting. That like there was no scene where he was being promiscuous or he was That's pining true. after somebody. It was just like him and just him, like his mission, his oil, his company. That right. was it. And so we never and and his child, and we never saw him with anyone else. And he always had some sort of a lie about his wife. Oh, he lied like crazy the whole right. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Him and yeah. Eli, a couple was- of liars. He lies. Eli. <laughs> oh, my. You busted this wow. wide open, dude. Yeah. Figured you out, PTA. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Oh, man. Figured well, you Well, this was a Daniel, great movie. plain view. No, it's not. It's not in plain view. You're hiding a lot under there, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. So, great, great, great movie. Definitely <laughs> should check it out if you haven't yet. It is a classic so good um yeah so good, good stuff guys so good Love eric it. it's your pick next week yeah crocodile yep. dundee do you two? have your pick crocodile dundee two. not the first one the second <laughs> yeah one. have we ever watched a sequel before i yeah, feel like we, we have yeah the last we, twilight that's right. and we watched the third harry potter that's right the last twilight <laughs> which is called sunrise <laughs> right Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn. Kind of the same thing. So I picked a movie that is a little more on the fun side. I think we go fun. Um, and it is, for me, the personification of summer uh, when you're a kid. Uh, and so I picked 
The Sandlot. The Sandlot. Hey, Whoa. I guessed it before you said it. A you big did. lot of sand. A big lot, a lot of sand. sand. I haven't All seen right. the Controversial. Lot. Some people cool. don't like the film. Some people think it's trash. I think it's I think it's a fun summer movie, so. I think you're right about I haven't it. seen it in a while. I it's loved it as a kid. All right, before we go, James Bond of the Week. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate this segment, dude. Get it done. Uh, I mean, my pick this week has to be Daniel Day-Lewis. Obvious. Obviously. Too old. No, he's too, too old. No, he's not. He's older than like when Roger if Moore was doing If he was James it. Bond, I would love it. Hey, he would play M. He's before, that old. Before we end, I wow. want to shout out the kid who played HW. That kid is a bomb actor. He never acted in anything else. He's just some like kid. Really? At a school in Marfa, Texas that someone just found and he just did this and nothing else. And I think that's great. Whoa. So is he your pick for James Bond? No, my pick for James <laughs> Bond is someone I picked before. And it's Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is the Andrew second best player Wiggins. on the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> and he can dunk. He'll be able to do his own stunts. He's the first black Bond. And, black Bond. And I think James Bond needs to uh, dunk a basketball. We've never seen that before. We and I think it's time. It. You're right. We haven't. Ricky? Andrew Carly Wiggins. Ray Jepsen. Carly, Carly Ray Jepsen. All right. Carly Ray Jepsen's got some bops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for us this week. Yeah, we'll I, I don't have week. a bond, dude. I'm She'd sorry. be James Bops. <laughs> James Bops. A James Bond musical starring Carly Rae Jepsen. That, Watch the Sandlot in the next week if you can. Have fun. See ya. Bye, Bye. we'll be blood. Bye, we'll see you soon. HW. Yeah, it's I never something knew that her. Punch my nose, and you'll see that it flows. So, will there be blood? When? I know, that's my question. There was. Yeah, I guess there was. There was a lot of blood. He kid beat a guy with a bowling pin, he killed another guy, the guy fell down the oil pit and got the thing in his head. Okay, there's enough examples. HW's ears exploded. You, you proved me wrong. Um, uh, oil is blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Blood oil is the blood of the earth. Oh! There it and is. And we know that from science. That's the, that's the Biologically, end. the earth can't run without uh, oil. Okay, bye.